0: I'm Whitney I'm Mindy And I'm Deb We're three best friends who love nerdy things
1: Well, some people think we're nerdy, but we think we're pretty awesome This is our nerdiest thing
0: Hello fellow nerds and welcome to our nerdiest thing. Today is a very special episode. We are in part three of A Realm of Ash and Shadows and we have author Lara Buckheit with us to talk about chapters 25 through 43. Welcome Lara. We're really excited to have you on
2: today. I am so excited to be back. I've been thinking about this for a really long time.
3: <laughs> oh, yay! Well hopefully we don't inundate you too much with like why and how how <laughs> is this going to happen? Oh. We'll try to be nice yeah. about it but like we love the book so yeah, it's going to be nice but yeah. I also I got some questions yeah. <laughs> well before because okay, we... I was going to like
2: preface it like if you hated it just lie to me <laughs>
3: No, we did not hate it. Well, you it. We know, loved I loved
1: it because F yeah. five started. So.
0: If we would have been like, oh, no, something's happened. We can't have you on. <laughs> uh, before we get into it, Deb, will you please share
3: our nerdiest cocktail? Of course. Tonight's drink is actually called What the Fuck? <laughs> or WTF. And it's themed after Valeria's terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. And uh, Lara wrote, which one? (laughs) (laughs) This drink pairs well with finding out the woman who raised you was also lovers with someone you kissed. You finding out your soulmate was has the heart of your enemy. Finding out you both yield holy and dark magic. Mm -hmm. And this drink may cause restless nights watching your soulmate sleep it's got screwball peanut butter whiskey in it and if you've never had that it's delicious and if you put it with coke it literally tastes like a peanut butter cup it's yeah. so good although whitney's sitting here going <laughs> no it wasn't. i wasn't gonna say anything so whitney's drinking a white girl white claw <laughs> well, you no know, i don't really love whiskey in general so. yeah i don't think that one tastes like whiskey though it tastes like i don't peanut either butter, yeah, but it's so good. personal yeah i don't know isn't it <laughs> but I did, I wanted to add something um, to this because we got some listener mail that I wanted to share real quick. And it actually has nothing to do with this book. But if you listen to our soul of ash and blood episodes, episode three, we talk about Madonna and her book called sex from Mm -hmm, the early mm nineties. So, The podcast Rock and Roll Bedtime Stories actually asked if they could run our segment on that because they were going to do an episode on it. And they said ours was so good that they didn't (laughs) want to have to replicate it. So they didn't. Thank you. Thank you. So having said that, they we've gotten some hate mail. So I wanted to read that out loud. We made it, guys. We got some hate. (laughs) We're going to just call this douchebag from Canada. That's who it's from here's how it here's how it goes i'm a long time fan and not usually one to complain i disagree this morning i clicked over on your short crossover episode there are these gals talking about madonna's quote-unquote sex book that's okay i guess sex sells we all know that then suddenly these three are talking about the r word kardashians i'm not going to say that out loud smelling each other's twats not good not what i turn into to your usually great which is gr8 your usually great (laughs) podcast to learn about especially first thing in the morning gross and unnecessary please stick to what you do best not stinky pussy thanks in advance blank 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 in toronto also from us to you fuck off I think the only problem that this person has with that episode is that girls were talking about vaginas. Yeah, for the record. so. So,
0: well, and it's fitting too because we've got in this, you know, a realm of ash and shadow, we've got Valeria who's being treated kind of like that. Yeah. By. A lot of people. By a lot of people, yeah. <laughs> but I specifically her her dad. Yeah, yeah So
3: we've made it. We got hate mail. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah, did it. We've arrived. We talk about we twats it, a lot. Joe. So if you're not comfortable with that, <laughs> I...
0: <laughs> oh Mindy, will you please oh no wait. I was about to skip over the recap and go straight to vocab. Yeah, but no. Do the recap. Have we spun the wheel of names?
1: Yes, we have,
3: and it's me. It's Mindy. All right, Yay. so Mindy has sixty seconds. Don't mess it up. <laughs> Mindy, oh has no a, pressure. The authors on here don't ruin All right. it.
0: Sixty seconds to give us ten um, things that happened. Bas- I was going to say ten quotes, but God knows we can't do.
1: <laughs> we can't do- <laughs> i have 10 quotes in my no i'm just kidding i don't i have probably like four in my actual you know talking about it ready set go one vemdor helps valeria rip out elodie's heart and offers to help unlock her powers two vemdor and valeria go for a swim and vemdor tells val that they are betrothed by bastille three tam stabs valeria and vemdor says who did this to you and heals her Four, Valeria starts to feel attracted to Vemdor and gives in to his promise of power, love, and revenge, even agreeing to sever the dyad with Gideon, which he tells her later supposedly killed Gideon. Boo! Caden shows Val that their fa- father actually was the one who killed their mother and that he actually aligned with Vemdor to keep her safe. Six, oh, and by the way, time works differently in the realm of the Forsaken and also Val is Bastille's daughter. Seven, Val's cha- Val challenges Per to a fight, which she wins by busting out her power and escaping with Caden Red and, surprise, Gideon, because it turns out he's not dead. Eight. Gideon t- takes Val to the Rebellion's camp in the Grey, where she's reunited with the other rebels, makes amends with Mason, has some sexy time with Gideon, and affirms that she's a demigoddess. Mistress Marjorie tells Val that she was once vendor's lover, gross, and that Gideon was made by Bastille and disheartening. I missed my last
3: one. Oh, I so have, I, what was the last one, Mindy? I'm going to give it to you. Uh,
1: an Empyrean <laughs> ward tries to burn Val on a pyre. Marjorie shows everyone's more. Ward's memory about Val's mother's death I, could, I couldn't have said this anyways <laughs> <laughs> Val is saved by Vemdor but Vemdor shows up and makes Caden kill Mason which unlocks all of Val's power and then Caden sends her instructions on how to bring Mason back but he's not going to be himself. The end.
3: <laughs> Yay! You did a it! A lot happens in yeah, the yeah, last I was, say, of there was I actually cut
1: out a, a lot.
3: <clears throat>
0: yeah, it was an action-packed yes, last several was. chapters Lara, Lara,
3: was there anything where you are like well you didn't mention this because <laughs> there's a lot that happens.
2: I mean, hearing it, like, listed out like that, I'm like, oh, my God, what did I do to her? <laughs> you yeah.
1: did a lot to her. Yeah, Valerie is not having a good... She's going through it, yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you um, you pretty much nailed everything, I think. Nice. I mean, I she was poisoned, me. but I don't know if that was important. <laughs> well, I had that in there, but I had to cut it out because I didn't think I was going to make it, and clearly, I didn't. <laughs> So, Mindy, will you please do our nerdiest vocabulary? I would love to. So, last week, of course, we talked about the two main characters, and this week, I wanted to talk about some of the side characters. So, I did a few. I did Caden, Malachi, and Sable. So, Caden comes from the Gallic language and means war or fighter. And that kind of totally goes along with the notion of him being the Deathbringer and allegedly starting the whole discord between the realms. So, I feel like that tracks. Yeah, I don't know if you did that on purpose, but Let's just say I you did. did, Lara. I did. I did. Yay, yay. yay! And then Malachi is from the Hebrew, which means messenger of God or my messenger, which to me is intriguing because the Celestians are messengers of sorts, especially when like, like they turn into the ravens. And Valeria wonders a few times if Malachi was the raven that delivered all the correspondence she got in the mortal realm. So I thought that tracks also. You I probably did Malachi. that on purpose. Yeah, Malachar is one of our favorites, Lara. Oh
2: my gosh, I'm glad because he's one of my favorites. I know, we love him.
1: And then Sable comes from the name Isabel, which means pledge to God, God is perfection, or God is my oath. So Mm -hmm. here's the, this is the connection I found with that. And I mean, I may be wrong, but I like thinking of it this way. So pledge to God. She's also pledged to Gideon, right? Mm -hmm. And Gideon has the heart of a god.
3: Oh, oh go there. Wendy. Yeah. I I have some suspicions about Sable. We can oh, talk about I that can't wait to hear about too. that. She like just kept piecing out towards the end of the book for <laughs> yeah, random reasons. Yeah. 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 So also with
1: her though, it can with it meaning God is my oath. I feel like she's pretty loyal. I Is mean, she? I don't know. Now that you've got me thinking now. You're always suspicious of characters,
0: though. And
3: I'm always right. No, I'm not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> if only listeners could have seen my face when you said it.
3: <laughs> in, in my defense I'm suspicious of people in real life too well that's true, that's true. <laughs> no, I'm not a very trusting person so true. I
1: did go to the Urban Dictionary so I just picked my favorite for each one so I don't have a whole lot of different ones but so for Caden my favorite one was fake ass motherfucker who lies about death
2: well, oh, well, well that works
3: right yeah. Larry did you write that on Urban Dictionary
2: <laughs> Wait, that's actually so funny I need to write this down it should be a social media post
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll send it to you yes Okay. So Malachi, my favorite one, was coolest kid on the block that can bang anyone's mom and sister and can steal anyone's girlfriend. That's probably That accurate. tracks, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, then, that tracks. So, and then Sable is, and I have to, this is how it's written. So <laughs> a girl with a big bosoms. <laughs> I if that's what you were picturing, Lara, when you wrote Sable, but somebody thinks she does. <laughs> I mean, sure.
0: <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get into it. And let's start by sharing our favorite moment from this last section of the book. Who wants to go first? Whitney, you look excited. You go. <laughs> I was excited. Okay, so I'm very... We established this in part one of discussing this book. I'm very hardcore Team Gideon, like all the way. So I was very very upset through most of this section
3: <laughs> she, yeah I've got some stuff in my least favorite moment I about was that.
0: I was really upset about the whole like yes break the bond and then he's like haha Gideon's dead and I was like no I was really <laughs> upset about that so the moment when she hears Gideon in her head and he's like I'm coming for you I was like yay! <laughs> like I was so excited I celebrated. Did you get so
3: excited you also were coming you're <laughs>
0: No, I really, really loved that because I, I really had a hard time with the Vim Dork. I really had a hard time with that. And we'll get into that with my least favorite moments too. <laughs> but but yes, that moment where it was confirmed like, no, Gideon is still around and he's still, you know, going to be awesome Gideon. Well, I go really
3: ahead and happy. tell us since that goes into your least favorite. Do you want to go ahead and tell us that? Well, sure. My least favorite moment was um,
0: I disliked a lot of the realm of the forsaken stuff just because I don't trust and didn't trust Vim Dorr. I really disliked a lot of that cause I did not trust him. And I, I just felt like she waffled too quickly or I guess folded a little too quickly. Um, and so when she gave in to him, his, offer basically of like i can help you learn how to use this power and i can help you um all you have to do is get rid of your uh you know your bond and i'm like clearly that's a bad move don't do that right. and she's like yeah okay that sounds great and she's all like you know want to make out with
3: them and stuff i hate i it. wanted to make out with him. <laughs> oh, no, so what I you don't it. know is it. that i so something that we're doing new on the podcast is our nerdiest sketchbook and i sent Lara, a sketch of Vimdor because I'm like, God, he sounds so hot. (laughs) He sounds so hot. Because, I mean, he is. And, you know, I will say, because I do want to talk about my most favorite part, but I also struggled with Valeria and her actions in this part of the book. And, you know, this goes into a theory of mine. Sometimes she feels more like the villain than Vimdor does. And so I, I, you know, I'm kind of hoping she goes. pure dark side so for example i was shocked when valeria ripped out elodie's heart with very little hesitation and then she refused to acknowledge what she did later even subconsciously she's like i'm not even gonna think about it it'll be fine no big deal i just ripped out this person's heart right and then i so i also struggled with valeria that was my favorite moment (laughs) Well, hold on. We can talk about that. But I struggled with Valeria's character when she tries to sever the dyad in order to gain more power. And that's that's, that's kind of where this villain theory of mine Mm -hmm. comes from. She doesn't take Gideon's feelings into account at all when she does that. And she doesn't ask what will happen to him if the connection's broken. Or her. Right, which she quickly, you know, figures out. She's like, oh, shit. What did I just do? But I think, honestly, she's so drunk on power that she she just can't think straight well and she also hasn't
1: heard from him and in her mind she doesn't know yet about the time
3: right so that
1: since that's your favorite part tell us about it (laughs) i don't know i guess i'm not sure what it says about me and how twisted i am (laughs) but i loved that moment that she like exacted that revenge and maybe it's because i was bullied when i was in middle school Mm. and like you wouldn't rip someone's heart out no but It kind of felt like justification. I don't know, (laughs) justice, bitch? Like,
3: I don't know. I kind of liked it. I don't know. Maybe I'm just dark. So my favorite moment in twist goes with Vengeance too, though. So there's a quote at the end of this book and it says it took three blows to behead him completely so this is when valeria chops off king ward's head and i love a good vengeance story and king Mm -hmm. ward really had it coming since Mm -hmm. the beginning of this book for sure the fact that he sent demons to kill everyone who thought was his daughter right well he sent Everyone thought that this was his daughter, right? He right. sent demons to kill her. Then he greets her after 18 years by slapping her across the face. Yeah. And he leaves her in the realm of the forsaken. So, like, fuck that guy. Yeah. He's yeah. awful. One thing I find super fascinating is that beheadings are actually considered an honorable death and is equivalent to being killed in battle. Hmm. Back in like, you know, Egyptian Greek times, you know, all those olden days, it was actually considered an honorable death. And I'm fairly certain that was not Valeria's intent was to give him an honorable death. Sure. But there is a level of brutality that's shown in this scene because Valeria doesn't cut Ward's head off in one swoop which actually takes a very sharp blade and tons of upper body strength, but instead has to chop at him three times yeah, before like his hack, head hack, falls. Hack, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like and happily hacking. I'm like picturing her just being like, <laughs> so uh, according to salon.com there's a lot of debate about whether or not one remains conscious once they're beheaded and it would really be so awesome if king ward had actually been conscious enough to watch valeria take over the kingdom i think that would i mean it's a little bit more of that just desserts yeah so some experts think that consciousness is lost within two seconds after decapitation due to rapid The rapid loss of blood pressure in the brain where others suggest that consciousness evaporates as the brain uses up all of the available oxygen in the blood. That only takes seven seconds. (laughs) So seven seconds is seven seconds too long if you have a recently severed head, I would say. Decapitation may be one of the least torturous ways to die because it happens so quickly and your brain stops functioning, but it is thought to still be painful and many scientists believe that however swiftly it's performed decapitation can cause really intense pain for at least a second or two, which made me really happy because this guy deserves <laughs> he to it. fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> so Lara, what was your favorite part?
2: Um my favorite I think my favorite reveal um are we doing spoilers?
3: Uh, yes, yes. Of yes course. We're always spoiler friendly. Okay, just
2: checking. Uh, my favorite reveal was probably the um the heart twist. Mhm. Um for sure. where Vemdor's heart is actually inside Gideon he's made of clay and like brought to life and I think I just had so much like enjoyment writing that and then leaving little teasers throughout the book so if people went back and reread it they would see that it was actually like foreshadowed. Ooh,
3: and that is, that's that's a question I had at the end of the book Lara was how how is Valeria going to reconcile Feelings that she obviously has for Vimdor, knowing that his heart is in this person that's supposed to have been made for her. And then what is Vimdor going to do when he finds out someone has his heart?
1: When he finds out who it is.
3: So I'm excited to see that come to fruition. That was my biggest revelation, by the way. Oh, it was. Mindy, yeah. did you say what your least favorite moment was?
1: Uh, no, my least favorite moment was finding out that Marjorie was once Vimdor's lover. It was kind of ick for me. <laughs> mm, yeah, it's like a, but a good figure. twist. Yeah, it did. was a great twist. Yeah. yeah. But just, it's not even like the like I didn't like it. Like, I think it's, I think it's definitely uh, adds a layer, but I just, it kind of made me go, ooh, yeah. <laughs> Lara, did it's you actually
2: Oh sorry. Ooh. Um I was gonna say it's actually so funny because when my editor read that scene, she left a comment on it and she was like, Maury, the fantasy edition.
3: <laughs> that's hilarious. That's and amazing. that's our episode title. I was just about to say, <laughs>
0: please let's make that the title of this episode. That's hilarious. Did you have any moments that as you were writing, Lara, that felt like, not like, ugh, I don't like this, but just kind of like, oh, I really feel bad for this character to, yeah. or any kind of least favorite moment in that sense?
2: Least favorite moment in that sense? I felt really bad for Mason.
0: Mm, yeah, um, pretty yeah. much
2: the entire book. Yeah. Um, but in this section specifically, I felt bad that the moment he like was reunited with Val at the camp, he saw that she was with someone else. She didn't really have any time for him. Yeah. She was very short with him. He was jealous of Gideon. He didn't really know, like he didn't understand, I guess, that the dynamic had changed between them. And he I spent so much time in the realm of the Forsaken and
1: He was just so, he's so pure. And God love him. He had a, he has a demon arm
3: now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And there, I was trying to figure out how many years ish was Mason there in his own head? Because Mm -hmm. that was the thing like Val Val was like, Oh yeah, he's still in the realm of the forsaken. So he was there for like weeks in her time. Right?
2: Yeah. So the entire timeline from when Val finds out about Mason being there to when she goes is probably about two weeks in her time, so it was about two years for him. Wow. Oh wow. wow,
3: that's a long time. Poor guy. Yeah. Just to be chilling, like <laughs> right. And I, I felt for him too whenever she wanted to make him kneel to her when yeah, he was like kinda smarting off to her. And that's where I yeah. was like, damn girl, you kinda evil. Yeah. She's yeah, some <laughs> he's darkness. supposed to be your best friend. Some dark and twisty <laughs> in, in her for sure. I like it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh what about everybody's biggest revelation you said yours was the heart yeah mine was mine was that gideon was made from clay and that he had vemdor's heart that just made me like oh oh like that was (laughs) that sounded really it sounded like some golden girl shit is what it sounded like Um, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it just really made me that was that was one of those like eyebrow raise moments like did not see that coming
3: So for me, and this, this might actually be my nerdiest thing of the week as well. But I always read the acknowledgements at the end of the book. I love to see who supported the author on their writing journey, who their hype people are, etc. And while I was reading through Lara's, I noticed that there were random capitalized letters dispersed throughout the message. (sighs) So naturally... I grabbed a piece of paper. And when I say a piece of paper, I mean I was writing on my hand cuz I didn't want to <laughs> I didn't want to stand up and get a piece of paper. And I was trying to figure out if there was a message amongst the capital letters and there is. So, How did I miss Lara. So if you put all of the capital letters in order, it reads the gods are coming. Ooh. Lara, you at you. Golf claps for Deb figuring that out. First of all, again, super nerd. But I was like, why is random (laughs) stuff capitalized in here?
0: Have you gotten a lot of feedback of people figuring that out, Lara or is is Deb the the chosen one,
2: the sleuth? I have had a lot of people DM me asking if it's a typo, and I'm like, no, man, like spell it out. And then they do, and they're like, what does this mean? And then I tell them if they go to my website there's actually like um, a button where you can enter that
3: as a password. What? And it tells you the title for book two. Oh,
2: cool.
3: Okay, I'm so excited. I can't wait. I'm going to do that as soon as we're done talking.
0: (laughs) That is such a great idea, Lyra. That's really, really smart. I love that. That's super fun. So see,
3: read author acknowledgments. Yeah, I (laughs) love that.
0: (laughs) Um, Well, my biggest revelation is about the time difference. When it is revealed that it's been seven months for valeria but it, it hasn't even been a week and
3: is that where you were like woohoo gideon might not be dead because i thought oh he can still be coming back for her yes yeah. i
0: i was I, that blew me away like so hardcore i could not get over that i thought about it for like days afterwards and that actually led me into my deep dive because I know that I've seen other stories and movies and stuff use that kind of idea that like time moves differently in different like dimensions or different planes of existence or whatever. So I intended to have my deep dive be examples of that idea, right? Like pop culture, literature, science fiction, whatever. I can only think of one and it's Percy Jackson. See, I don't know Percy Jackson. So that was not, yeah, there's a
3: cool thing in, in their book that does that too.
0: So I was trying to just look up pop culture, but what popped up from Google made me feel like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really excited to talk about it. So I'm going to start off. First of all, this is a very complicated concept. <laughs> so I may not be 100% correct, and I may not be articulating or understanding it correctly. Please do not ask me any questions. <laughs>
3: <laughs> cannot promise that. I'm sorry. I'm probably going to say, "I don't know." Lara might
0: be
1: able to interject a little bit, though.
0: Maybe. So the first thing that popped up on my Google search was Einstein and his special theory of relativity, which, side note, it actually made me laugh a lot that it's his special theory. I
3: was going to say, what <laughs> was is that, that what it's come actually from? called?
0: That, yeah, his special theory of relativity. So it's
3: not just the theory of relativity?
0: In this article, it was special and it made me feel <laughs> bad for the other
3: theories. <laughs> I already <laughs> asked you questions
0: in your three sentences. I know, in. right? He's, I was like, what about all the other theories? Are they just regular theories? Like everybody, every theory is special in their own way. This theory says that the rate at which time passes depends depends on your frame of reference. So when I read that I thought, okay, frame of reference in terms of a mental reference, like when you're really excited for something to happen, it feels like time is moving very slowly. Or when you get really in the zone or very focused on a task or a project or something and time seems to fly by. That's what I have experienced, right? Sure. That's what I assumed. Well, not frame of be reference the case for
3: Valeria, right? Maybe yeah. time flies when you're being evil and having fun.
0: So when I kept reading, I felt really dumb because that that is not what it means. So frame of reference in this special theory seems to be talking about speed and space. So speed and space are the frames of reference. And this is where it gets to the, like, please don't ask me questions. My eyes part are
3: crossing. I I I was gonna say.
0: This seems like too scientific for me. It seems well, wibbly wobbly timey whiny <laughs> doctor who to me. It kind of is honestly, it kind of is. So we've got speed and we've got space. So basically what this theory says is that a second is not always a second based on where you are in the universe and based on how fast you are moving within that space. So, for example, there was an experiment with two atomic clocks, which I had not heard of. But atomic clocks are apparently super special to go with the special theory. (laughs) Uh, Atomic clocks are supposed to be highly accurate and way better than our regular clocks that are out here being wrong, I guess. (laughs) So they put one atomic clock each atomic clock, I guess, in two different airplanes and the airplanes flew around the world in opposite directions. So the planes did not move at the exact same speed because of jet stream and all that, you know, whatever. So the planes moved at different speeds. And when they landed in this back at the starting point, one of the atomic clocks was a fraction of a second behind the other. So if time moved at a constant rate and was not affected by space or speed, those clocks should have stayed in sync. But because Mm. the planes moved at different speeds, one of the clocks slowed down just a little bit. This is blowing my mind. Right? I was, this is what made me feel really stupid. I was like, I thought it was just like the JLo, like waiting for tonight. <laughs> that, that's what I was thinking. Right. And then I was like, Oh, this is like real science. <laughs> so that's what made me feel stupid. But so if time were completely stable and worked the same all the time, everywhere, in every situation, those two atomic clocks should have stayed completely in sync. There should not be any difference at all. Even though it's a very minuscule difference, it still happened, right? Right.
3: So, well, and you would, the longer they're traveling at different speeds, the bigger the time jump would be, right? In theory. In the special theory. (laughs) theory. (laughs) In special theory.
0: Yes. So, basically, this whole idea is that time, the way that we think of it, like it moves forward, it's stable, it just is a constant thing. That whole idea does not actually exist. A minute is not always a minute is not always a minute. It can change based on space where you are in the universe and based on speed. So that idea of time that we think of it, just moving forward, constant, whatever, that is a social construct that we humans have created to make sense of our days and to make sense of our schedules. I get that. Um, Time in, in reality, time can bend and curve which is where you're talking about the Doctor Who stuff, right? Right, Wibbly wobbly. It can work differently. Bending and curving just means it works differently based on space and speed. It happens in very, very tiny, basically insignificant amounts in terms of like a human lifespan. It's not going to really make a difference. It's not like you're going to be able to time travel or whatever. But if you're a
3: god and you live forever, those could be some pretty significant
0: time changes, right? Right. So... Uh, a real life example of this is astronauts. They have a whole, a whole thing called a twin paradox where they've had one identical twin who is an astronaut and the other identical twin is not the astronaut twin goes up into space, into the space station or whatever for weeks or months or however long their, their stay, (laughs) their stay is. (laughs) So when the astronaut twin comes back, they analyze both twins, blood work pictures before and after photos and stuff like that. So the astronaut twin ages at a slower rate than the twin who did not go to space. So like their blood work is different. The way that they look, the way that they have aged over that time period is different,
3: even though the same amount of
0: time has passed. Right. So they're in two completely different areas of the universe, gravitational pull, and all that stuff and speed obviously. and speed right on the earth spinning and right. moving around the sun versus the space station or wherever they were. Right. So the space and the speed affects the astronaut twins differently. And you can look this up, like you can see the before and after pictures, and it's not huge differences all the time, but they're identical, right? Yeah. Their DNA mm-hmm. is the same. Mm-hmm. So it, sh- they should be aging at the same rate, right. but they don't. So that's kind of, that kind of freaks me out a little bit, so, <laughs> so, you know, that same, let's say six month time period or however long it is, it does not affect them the same, uh, because of space and speed. So that is like real life, real life science, not science fiction. That is a real scientifically proven Phenomenon, I guess, is the way to say it. So this whole idea has of time moving differently in different planes of existence has worked its way into other aspects of our life, not just science and you know real life. But I know at least one religion has this idea of time moving differently in heaven versus on earth. In the Christian religion, yeah, in the New Testament, in Peter chapter three, it talks about how a day in heaven is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. That idea of time works differently Mm -hmm. in this different you know dimension or plane of existence or however you want to describe that so we see this all over pop culture these are just two examples that i just knew in my head but there are a lot more you can look it up yourself and you already gave me another one deb that i hadn't thought of and what did you say percy Percy jackson Jackson. yeah Yeah, percy jackson so orson wells has a book called ender's game there's a character who ages eight years in space but back on earth 50 years has actually passed by Mm. so time is moving differently you know for different people Based on where they are in space and the speed at which they are moving. Obviously, we see this example here in Lara's book. Shout out to Lara. <laughs> <laughs> and then the the first thing that I thought of is with the Marvel movies, because I'm a huge Marvel nerd. Oh, right. It's in Ant Man's storyline. So mm-hmm. we see it in Avengers oh, Endgame. Yeah.
3: And then it's You're hu- about the quantum world? It's I a hadn't huge, even about that.
0: huge plot point in the Ant Man quantum mania movie. Right? Yeah. So in end game ant-man scott is in the quantum realm and for him it's like five hours but really on earth it's five years and he oh. comes back after the the quote blip when people have been you know turned into ash or whatever spoiler alert by the way <laughs> spoiler alert for the avengers movies uh, and he ha- doesn't realize that five years have passed right and in quantum mania they're in the quantum realm for there's there's characters who are in the quantum realm for like decades and decades and decades but that time has moved differently on earth it hasn't been quite as long or it feels very short to them mm. in the quantum realm and it's actually been 30 years on earth this idea is kind of everywhere and it really blew my mind when google was like oh you want fictional examples just kidding this is a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, if this is a real life thing. That is a theory that actually exists in your actual I, know. World. I want to yeah. do so much internet
3: research. I know, right? I know.
0: This, you know, Einstein's special theory. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I'm really wondering, Lara, like where did you do any research when you came up with this concept or is it just something that you found interesting? I didn't do any research on it beyond...
2: um. I played this game called God of War with my husband, and there was a part in there where time moved differently when one of the main characters was actually in, like, a version of Hell. And I was like, wait, that's actually pretty dope. And (laughs) I think it was that time moved, like, regular for them, but or regular for, like, the real world, and then it's slower for them. But I was like, it'd be wild if it moved faster for... Um, the realm of the forsaken. So, like, a lot of time is passing when it's like not really passing. Um, it's just passing normally in, you know, the mortal realm and Empyrean. And so that's pretty much where I got it. I was like, wait, that would actually be cool. But let's change it up a little bit. That actually reminds me of
0: Supernatural. I just now thought about this when Dean is in hell. Oh, yeah. And for him, it oh, was it's like hundreds
2: of years. Yeah,
0: it was like decades and decades. Yeah. But it really it was like a year or less than a year when he was. I think in, it was like I three remember. months.
2: Yeah, it was not yeah.
0: that long at all. That's the I can't believe that I didn't think of that. when I was. <laughs> I doing think a research. day is a year. In maybe that yeah i can't remember exactly but yeah that same kind of idea so. lara
1: how does time move in the realm of the divine you'll find out in book two okay thank you <laughs> just keep reading just keep reading All right. All right.
3: well we can't
1: yet and don't worry val actually asks before she
2: goes
0: <laughs>
3: Learn. no, she oh, learned yeah she, she asks something yeah her? she, <laughs> wow, she she's
2: learned from her yeah, <laughs> from yeah the I, first, just, I just yeah
0: sorry (laughs) no you're fine i totally i just really loved that revelation that reveal and then i loved how google
3: was like time isn't real bye (laughs) and i did the same thing because cadence like for hundreds of years and i was like what the fuck are you talking about right and then i was like oh wait this is a this is a big part of the book i should slow down reading and like actually listen to what he's saying here (laughs) let me
0: reread a few paragraphs to make sure i understand
3: yeah now i before we go into our favorite spicy scene lara during our last interview with her actually termed the phrase plot which because we asked yes. her smut or plot and you said plot so you know i'm dying to know lara if the next books are going to have some open door smut
2: yeah like explicitly <laughs> i'm pretty sure yes! that i wrote there's the four letter c word cock <laughs> Oh. oh I was like, which one?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it's when that C it, word, not like, the other wait, one. Let me specify. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I can't You wait. can say cock on here. We're okay, well, we're cock. we're definitely a, a sex
3: positive. <laughs> cock, cock 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 cock. <laughs> <laughs> Lara, did you have a scene in this book that you would have loved to have written more detail about or a scene like that kind of lives rent free in your head where you're like, I know what happened behind that door. <laughs>
2: I really wanted to do more content in the realm of the forsaken because so much time passed and I feel like it felt like a huge time jump so if I ever got the chance I might do like a novella just showing um the relationship growth between Val and Vimdor and like his manipulation and stuff because I kind of love more than like the open door scenes I love the like The the hidden touches, the like sneaky touches, like the hand on a thigh, the like brushing (laughs) of skin. I don't know. There's just something about that where it's like so hot, but nothing's
3: happening that you're just like, damn it. Okay, that's so funny because that was what I would coin as one of my spicy scenes. And it's not even a spicy scene. But whenever Vimdor is supposed to go meet Valerina and the bats after Soren and Red return to the realm... I laughed out loud when she she said Vimdor wasn't coming and it seemed neither was I. (laughs) I loved that too. Yeah, that (laughs) was I thought And I thought, well, Val could have just taken things into her own hands. It would have been fine. (laughs) Maybe she did. But I was (laughs) I was highly anticipating him coming to the bath. I was very excited about that. But I you know, and I have wondered several times throughout reading this like who he was fucking, because when she gets stabbed his bed like she talks about how his bed is unmade and sloppy so am i allowed mm-hmm. to ask that lara
2: um so previously he was fucking Pietro, but not at that moment when she came up there
3: i you just wanted see to whitney's <laughs> face Whitney when he said Pietro. she's like fuck that bitch <laughs> i know right
2: but um i just wanted to show that because he always comes off so clean like he has his little button-ups when he's the glamour isn't like happening so you see his like little button-ups and he's like flicking dust off his shoulders and he's wearing like these pressed slacks so I really wanted Val to come up into his room and see that he like doesn't make his bed Like he's, just, he's a mess
3: I haven't made my bed in like 30 years <laughs> I don't mean that's either, like right? one thing where I'm like I'm not making this to get back into it because I like nap every day and I'm like that seems like a big waste of my time <laughs> did you have a favorite spicy scene with
0: i liked the reunion sex with gideon (laughs) yeah i just like gideon (laughs) i do i I do too i really just was upset with all the (laughs) tension between her and Vim Dor. i was not i thoroughly liked (laughs) i yeah i was just i just i don't like him and i don't try (laughs) this is don't don't you like him more
3: knowing though that gideon has his heart like she liked him for a reason Well, I mean, I guess, but this is what I wrote down. Okay.
0: I wrote down, um, (laughs) so Bastille betrothed her to Vimdor and bonded her to Gideon. Why? Why choose?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: So I just, I just, was. I also wrote down, and I'm going to preface this by saying this is a quote from an old SNL skit. So like, (laughs) I'm not, being mean to valeria but i wrote valeria you ignorant slut (laughs) (laughs) just like that was when she was like sure break the bond and you know teach me the power i was just like don't do
3: it stop it yeah it it, i I was so shocked by that but it really does show how off kilter she has become oh yeah yeah. and how far vim manipulation has reached her well and how like rocked
0: her world is yeah you know well and you know the time difference right like she thinks that she's been there for months and months without hearing from well according
3: to your theory she has been technically no no that's yeah. what i mean yeah.
0: though like from her perspective it's been months that she hasn't heard anything but from poor gideon it's only been like five yeah. days
3: yeah. right or six days or whatever it's been so what about you your know. favorite spicy scene men so it's so funny as I, if i'm door
1: i typically feel like it's i'm hot. always in between you two guys right <laughs> so i am 100 percent team gideon okay like i love Ugh. gideon but My favorite spicy (laughs) spicy scene is when Vemdor kisses Val because there's something about that tension that's just so sexy. And then when he says, I've waited a very long time for you. And now that I've tasted you, not a single soul will ever satiate me again. Holy shit. Like, (laughs) I wish somebody would say that to me. So like,
3: (laughs) technically, though, he's her soulmate, too. I know. Right.
0: See... I think that's why I'm so because te- you guys know I love a faded mate, yes. right? And I really don't like it when somebody like rejects their faded mate. For, you mean for like seeming- she did, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, like for for seemingly like not a reason or like not a good reason. It's not like they're a horrible person or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so if it if it were to come out, Lyra, that she has two mates or something, I would be
3: totally but fine it's with the, that. For, like. Lara, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's the same person, technically, isn't it? So, no. Are you saying? Did you say no, Lara? Um, just keep reading. I would say (laughs) yes.
2: Technically, it's just a very tricky situation. Without getting into mechanics are spoiled
0: <laughs> well but it's also obviously two different people right because it's two different it a messy
1: situation it's two
0: different physical bodies it's two different brains it's two completely different personalities Why, that's what right. i'm saying like if it if it were two if it's i have more than one mate then i'm like down for that but i don't personally i don't like when somebody rejects a mate in favor of somebody i don't i just don't like See, that
3: i feel
1: like she's and again, Lara, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like she's drawn to both of them for because she's got both of those parts of her. Right.
0: Well, yeah. Well it's also fits <laughs> into all the daddy issues of it all, oh, right? True. Because her her actual father, Bastille, has betrothed her to the one and bonded her to the other. Yeah. yeah. So we've got these like major daddy control that he he has created and you know we've got the prophecy of it all and there's a lot of unanswered questions because it's just the first book Mm -hmm. you know
2: lara do you know how many books you're gonna have in the series um as of like two days ago i decided four yeah i was gonna say i saw that
0: i saw that reveal oh awesome awesome. so so obviously there's three more books is a lot of information to kind of unravel these these threads and answer these questions right
2: but Um, I did just want to jump in and say that with them being the same person or being two different people concept, I really wanted it to show that, like, all of the bad of Kieran, or Vemdor, is in Vemdor. Whereas all of what was good of Kieran is in Gideon. Oh. I like that. I do like that. So that's why. And, like, Val is... she is kind of really messy and morally gray and because of the bond and all of that that is why she kind of toes the line where she could be like a really good friend a really good queen a really good person or she could be power hungry vengeful
3: and just fuck your feelings to do me yeah i feel like as queen she's gonna have to have an advisor that's like okay you need to calm the fuck down like (laughs) maybe that's gonna
0: be malachi maybe maybe
3: I kind of wish she'd fuck Malachi too though to be I honest. did
0: write down in my notes like if Gideon and Vimdor like combine into one being I'm totally down I'm like, for that
3: uh, <laughs> with these five rings combined
0: <laughs> I'm totally down for that Vimdor you're, Gideon
2: I'm not the first person to say that
0: <laughs> so that was everybody's favorite spicy scene right yep. okay
3: let's talk about our chapter MVP i wonder if we all have the same one mine's mistress marjorie so is mine mine's not okay well i'll say that i think she's such a badass not only did she curse Vimdor and literally takes his heart to give it to someone else she also gives val that kick-ass bracelet that transforms into a dagger yeah she helps bastille create the perfect mate for val she ensures that val is safe for 18 years in the mortal realm but also wards the rebel camp from the King. Mm-hmm. Like true. what, what can she not do? She's awesome.
0: Well, and she basically saves the day at the end too, right? Does, By yeah. showing the, yeah, the memory. True. That was my big thing of her being the MVP is she is, she is able to use her power to expose, you know, ward for who he actually I is. I got so
3: into the beheading. I kind of forgot that, <laughs> happened. Thank you for saying that. I was so excited about that son of a bitch dying. I kind of glossed over that. What's yours? So I
1: definitely agree with you all, but for some reason I just couldn't like pinpoint in my mind. I feel like it should be Valeria because she figures out her feelings for Gideon and she tries to plot against Vemdor, even though it doesn't really work. <laughs> and she unlocks her power. I mean, Vemdor has to piss her off to do it, so there's that. But she's generally a badass. Like she really does like tap into both sides of herself, but then she also keeps making these terrible decisions. So it kind of negates some of that. So I was, I was torn. I feel like it should be Valeria to be the chapter of MVP, but maybe it's not.
0: I kind of like the. I mean, I was frustrated with her, a lot of her choices, but I like that she made bad decisions. Oh, I do too. Because it made her real. It it makes, yeah, it makes her real. And she has a lot of kind of alien vibes for me from Throne of Glass of that. Like, I'm a very strong, capable, uh, ruler and friend and partner whatever but i'm also like still pretty young and, and also
1: i came from terrible circumstances. well right. valeria
3: doesn't have yet though that Ailen has is like the whole cadre yeah it's yeah. like okay you fucked up we're gonna help you fix it the and valeria doesn't have that coming, yet. Though. it's coming it's, yeah yeah they're working and that will on help it. her yeah. hopefully <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure lara do you have an mvp from the book like who's your person oh man uh, it's like, like picking, picking your favorite, favorite child. Kid. Yeah,
1: sorry.
2: <laughs> yeah, it is hard. Like, obviously, I really love Margie, and I love Val for who she is. But I really, like, I feel like it might be Caden, because, like, you're set up to hate him from the get-go, and then he's just been, like, spending this whole time just trying to protect her. And I think, I think I just love that for him.
0: He's my uh, favorite secondary Mine character.
3: too. That's so funny. Whitney the and I person. never agree on this. I know. That's <laughs> weird. And, and I put that in there. So I put the entire kingdom of Empyrean is told that Caden slaughtered his mother and tried to kill his sister when actually Ward killed his wife and, and tries to kill Valeria since she isn't truly his daughter, right? Mm-hmm. So Caden agrees to be a puppet for Vimdor if he promises to never hurt Val. And he suffers for hundreds of years in the realm of the Forsaken doing Really, anything that Vimdor compels him to. I I mean, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's like a compulsion thing too. Like she has to. Yeah. In our poor, poor, morally gray, misunderstood Caden, I really hope he gets a redemption arc. Every opportunity that he had
0: to help, he did. He only didn't help when he absolutely couldn't because of the like bond or whatever. Right. I appreciated him a lot. Can I ask a clarifying question, Lara, with the uh, ward? Does he know for absolutely certain? that valeria is not his daughter or is he just pretty sure that she's not
2: no he knows for certain okay. okay
0: that was one thing i wasn't sure like if if he thought that there was a
1: possibility but probably not or if it he explains knew so much about how he right. treats her right yeah what was yours mindy i agree with everything you all said about Caden, but i actually kind of loved sable in this section and i know that hmm. De- 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 Deb has some ideas that <laughs> yeah, chick-
3: suspicious af
1: But I don't know. There's something about her. Like, I just, I kind of love her tryst with Mason. I think it's hilarious. And then her bravery, like, when she brings Val to Empyrean, that's, I mean, she really, like, I know she had to, like, act, so to speak. But I don't know. I just feel like she, she was really brave to do that, to sort of, like, insert herself back into that when she'd already, like, left because she was a rebel, essentially. So she'd already kind of almost established herself as a rebel, but then she goes back um and then her heartbreak when mason is killed it made me sad i don't know she just has so many layers and became more more relatable to me in these chapters but even though I, she keep
3: going i well i That's mean what i want to know she yeah. was having sex with mason i mean well i was gonna say all every time but yeah i guess she could well and I mean, she's also got yeah. brainy to to yeah. but He's here's like an the thing year old. she kept He'd saying she was going to check on <laughs> Breenie at the camp but <laughs> val never saw Briny at the camp yes she did she did didn't she? Um, I don't know. No, no she no. didn't. Thank you, Lara. Sorry, Lara like, I'm, no. I'm, I was sitting here like, did she? <laughs> I know. I'm like, <laughs> I thought she did for some reason. But no, I don't. I guess I, don't, no, I, guess she I didn't. don't trust her at all. Like, mm. there's something really weird there. And Lara is probably going, "You are so wrong, bitch." But like, <laughs> I, I just, I, there is something there that I mean. And maybe she's going to be morally gray. Maybe she messes up and like redeems herself, or maybe. One of my big questions are: Who are the two demons residing in Empyrean?
1: So we oh, read yeah. that
3: one is a spy for Vimdor and the other is living amongst them as a human. Yeah. So is Sable one of those demons? Mm-hmm. That's what I I she could know. be. Yeah. That's possible. She could be. Yeah.
2: Well, one of them was revealed at the end. Please enlighten us. We all just <laughs> looked was, at each other. It was Ekin. Oh. oh. Because I think there's a part where Red's like, "Leave the demon to me," and that's who she is holding, like at knife point. I got it. Oh, oh okay.
1: that makes okay. so much more sense. Yeah, I did not read that as she was talking about him.
3: I okay. That See, so I think I sense. just got too involved in like everything else that was going on. Right. That that yeah. This is not a book that we've all read eight times like we normally do <laughs> because it's it's too new for us to have done that. So I'm sure that's one of those things where the second time we read it, we would have been like,
1: "Oh, oh there's one." You well, know, then I feel stupid because. This was the second
3: time I read it. Okay, let me uh, reiterate. The second time Whitney reads it. How's that? Yeah, that makes sense. She's the one that catches those things, not you and I. (laughs) Lara,
0: let me ask a kind of unrelated question, but I was just sitting here thinking about it. So one of the things that I questioned a little bit with Gideon's character, which I didn't question much because I love him so much, but when... Valeria comes back from the realm of the Forsaken, and she's like, yeah, um, I was... I broke my bond with you, and was gonna go with with Vimdor. Like, oopsie-poopsie, sorry. And Gideon was basically like okay, I can't stay mad at you. And I was like, well, no, wait a second. Shouldn't he be more upset about this? But what you were just saying a few minutes ago, if he is supposed to basically be like all of the good aspects of somebody's personality, would that be why he was so quick to forgive her for that? Yes. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. Cause I was like, why is he not mad? <laughs> well, He basically tells her yeah, to like, she can't he's definitely do anything
2: like a pushover. Um, and I, and it's definitely because of those, Like the heart thing. And it's funny because, like in book two, the heart, I like calling it the heart issue. (laughs) 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 The heart issue comes into play a lot more because there are a lot of emotions that are heart driven, like jealousy. And so, possessiveness, like all of the traits that drove Kieran to murder Margie's lover. May crop up. I I
0: would like to see that in Gideon actually. Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: He could he could get a little
3: bit
0: more backbone there. Yeah, (laughs) which is funny because I'm so like anti Vimdor,
3: but I'm like, like, take on more of his qualities. Would you please? All
0: right, thank you, lara That just I was just sitting here thinking about that and thinking that that's probably the explanation. So, what about your all's favorite quotes?
3: I had two. I did too. I I do also. (laughs) (laughs) So the reason that I picked these is because they're brilliantly and strategically placed in the book at times of high tension. And they made me laugh out loud and, and really broke up that tension. So the first one is... Femdor, I'm sorry I got drunk at dinner and slapped you, and I'm sorry I stabbed you and laughed at your punishment. That wasn't very nice of me. <laughs> it reminds me of Mean Girls when she's like, I'm sorry about that time I told everyone you got diarrhea, and I'm sorry for repeating it now. Yeah. <laughs> And then my other one was "I'm in love with you." Fuck wit, which is what Gideon says to Valeria via know, the dying bond. I love that. Yeah, I, I really like that because he knows that she's not gonna like wax poetic, right? And he yeah. can't be like "I'm so." And he does a little bit. I actually had another favorite quote where he does get a little bit more sentimental. Yeah. But it's so them for him to be like, "I'm in fuck. I'm in love with you." God, shut the fuck up! Just <laughs>
1: like <laughs> funny as one of mine was when he said, "I promised you I'd come." Fuck. Quit. I just love how he just throws that know, out there like he doesn't that. really know what it means until she tells him but then he's like okay this is my new favorite word yeah, <laughs> I love that. it just endears me to him but then my other one was Vimdor because you know I got- <laughs> I like Vimdor I- because when he talks about before they kiss, this is my other my other favorite from him, he says, because when I kiss you, your body will beg for more, your knees will quake, your heart will pound, and desire will consume you until you're left with an aching that only I can satisfy. No kiss from another will ever compare to mine. Do
3: we feel like Gideon stokes her fire? <sighs> I don't know I
1: mean yes she does, she yes, does, does for sure. after him yeah she definitely does but that just but then what what makes that even better is that the other quote that I was talking about is like he ends up on the other end of that he's like okay well nothing else will satiate me from here on out right
0: yeah that, that quote did give me he Vimdor gives me some Resand vibes a little bit yeah of the like you know you think he's super evil but that's not the whole story I know so thing. stop hating on him but that reminded that quote reminded me of the like you know I'm not going to have sex with you here and because you know this room's not big enough for me to do all the things I want to
3: do you know like <laughs> that's no. a Sarah J Mass thing though because she does that in Throne of Glass where he's like I'm not going to fuck you without privacy and then he's like but here's a beach right <laughs> I'm There's just going to fuck you on this uh,
0: nobody over here right <laughs>
3: Yeah, I liked the
0: Valeria. I'm coming for you. It was my favorite moment and one of my favorite quotes. But he I actually, says that with- Gideon. Okay, okay, Um I of course it's Gideon. I actually wrote down as my favorite quote when uh, Valeria says, "It only took three blows to behead him completely." Oh, <laughs> that was my favorite moment. I know. I really, I just really liked that um, taking taking control of that situation (laughs) I guess is the best way to say it of just I'm not going to let you do this to me and I'm not going to cower to your um you know your authority anymore and I really appreciated that I wrote dang
3: (laughs) damn girl Lara was there anything that you wrote that really stuck with you like something where you're like okay this is it this is like the my favorite part of the book
2: I really liked when Margie said uh even monsters can love And be loved. You wrote that in
3: my book when you autographed it, actually, and I had I had highlighted that when I was reading.
2: Yeah, that was like that's like just iconic to me because I'm like, dang, girl. (laughs) Okay. Well, we all Um, have a little bit of monster in us, right? We do. Yeah,
1: we all have a little bit of unlovable. Yeah, and then I think
2: I really liked the part where Thal had just stabbed Vemdor. And he's like, "I want you to feel many things for me, pet." And she's like, "Then get the fuck off me!"
3: <laughs> <laughs> I do like that he calls her pet because it's a little too. it's a little possessive, but it, you know, it's also like putting her in her place yeah. in his realm, and also egging her on a little bit. Yeah, it's definitely one hundred percent Vimdor. Like, yeah like,
1: that that in, that definitely encompasses his personality that he would give her that pet
3: name. <laughs> well, Mindy, you're the one that recommended this book for the podcast, so I would really love to know like what you liked the most about it and why you recommended it to us.
1: There's something about this book that ju- I don't know if it was the time I read it, but I needed it at that time. It was it it definitely revived my spirit of reading. I just, I'd never read anything like this before. And I love fantasy and I'd been reading a lot of fantasy and for it to have the four different realms and that they all intertwine somehow and that there was still a mortal realm. There's just something so like exciting about this whole world that just drew me in. And I, again, I think it's, it's just one, one part of it is that I I needed this book when I read it and it's stuck with me since then.
3: I love that. Yeah, I know. My answer now sounds stupid. (laughs) (laughs) What is your answer, Deb? Well, I just really enjoyed watching Valeria turn somewhat evil. It's such an interesting take, and Lara, I'm not sure what your final goal is for Val, but she's definitely not a damsel in distress. And I would love to see her like completely spiral out kind of like (laughs) Angel does on Buffy. Yeah, Yeah. that whole like, was it good for you moment on Buffy is one of the best (sighs) times in like TV history for me. And Val has such a darkness in her and I really need to see that all come to the service. But, you know, on top of that, this book is just extremely fast paced. It has wonderful world building without being two world building right yeah. yes like there's some books i've read where i'm like i need a notepad because <laughs> i don't i can't keep up with all of this but even having four realms with different characters and time jumps i never felt confused during this book yeah, yeah. that's that's my answer
0: to actually the the pace
3: it, it's it has
0: been a refreshing read for me with So many really, really, really great fantasy books that have so much world building that it takes a while to get to the action, which again great great books but it has been a really nice refreshing change of pace to have things move a little bit quicker to have the world you know there is world building but there's still the mortal realm which i'm familiar with right i understand um and the fact that she that val grows up in the mortal realm and that she is new to the fantasy realms just like me as the reader helps a lot with the world building and understanding what's going on Mm -hmm. you know i really enjoyed it a lot did you guys think about any fan casting for I the did. characters?: And
3: I can't wait to hear Lara's too, because I want to know like what her thoughts are as well. But, wait, you look super excited about yours.: <laughs> Well, like I was giddying. just thinking I feel like
0: Lara's going to be like, "You are so far off because <laughs> We've established on this podcast before that I don't always picture people the way that they're actually described in the books because I I have one that's not like it's described but it's how I pictured it see like I go more for like the general vibe of that person you know what I mean so like you know if it's a blonde male main character I'm probably not going to picture him (laughs)
3: <laughs> you know
1: what
0: I mean? Like I'll picture, you know, Pedro Pascal or whatever. I, I will go on. We and all say, know that
3: he's your zaddy God. Well,
0: I-, I was gonna say I did not pick Pedro for any of these. Man can we go?
3: Uh, do you want to do your first character and then we can tell you what ours are too? Okay. My and first, then I want to hear Lara's. My
0: first one is for Mason. Actually, okay. okay. I picked an actor. Gonna try to say his name correctly, but I may not because it's uh, he's Hispanic. But his name is Zolo. Mari, Mari Duena. He's an actor in Cobra Kai and also he's the lead oh, okay. in the new DC comic movie Blue Beetle. Oh, yeah. Okay. He is just, this is what I mean when I say like the vibe of the character. Mm-hmm. He is so just cute and sweet and charismatic and likable, but also not going to be competition for a Gideon or a Vendor.
3: You know what I mean? So it's funny that you say that because I went with vibe too and this actor does not have dark hair, (laughs) um, which Mason does, right? Well, Solo at least does. (laughs) Right. But he really exudes that sweet apple apple pie small town boy charm. And mine was the guy that plays Matt Donovan on The Vampire Diaries. That's who I picture as Mason. The actor is Zachary George Rurig. And Mason, like, because I think Matt Donovan could probably rock your world in bed, much like Mason does. <laughs> but he's really sweet. And right. a little bit, like, what's happening? Like, that's always how <laughs> Matt Donovan
1: was on that show. And so that's how I picture Mason. It's so funny how different we all went with this because, <laughs> but I actually kind of was looking at sort of the boy next door. Kind of but not again, like not competition. Right. And this person I don't find like super attractive. Is but it like Pedro I, Pascal? It is not <laughs> Pedro Pascal. It's Timothy Chalamet oh see i find timothy
3: chalamet very attractive i don't I know do what not. it is about i don't him. either i don't so I'm like on that. little skinny dudes like that i, think, but he's I o- think he's pretty i think he's okay like yeah. i don't i don't think he's ugly but i yeah. think he's timothy you know. is listening to this right now
0: <laughs> yeah I'm Crest,
3: sure he is crestfallen <laughs> so one out of the three of us <laughs> like him lara who is your mason it would definitely be like cole sprouse but as
2: jughead
1: Oh, oh yeah. I can see that. Okay, Definitely I can see that. Yeah. I can see that.
2: Yeah.
0: I always think of the, yeah. I wear this hat all the time. I'm just a weirdo.
1: a yeah, so like <laughs> little emo
2: boy with right. his little sketchbook. Oh yeah.
1: That's, yeah, I can yeah. see that for sure when i think of actors like i think of like actors that were young when i watched movies so i will say that previous version i was gonna say some of my fan casts are younger versions of
3: so for a really good example would be gideon for me is i fan cast him as brad pitt via legends of the fall era mm. okay because he's got that long blonde hair and he's you know a little rough and tumble sometimes <laughs> See, I went with his name
0: is Mason Die. He was in the most recent season of Stranger Things. He was like the football quarterback captain guy that was
3: <laughs> oh. that guy. I went
0: I went with him because he I mean he wasn't a good guy in Stranger you know, Things, right. but he's got that kind of like swagger. Sup, yes, yeah. like that super cut, the the good guy blonde, like you see him next to Mason and you're like, Oh, hello. You know <laughs> well, what I mean?
3: Again, like Brad Pitt via sure, Zachary yeah, George yeah. Roerig. I mean, yeah, come on. <laughs>
1: What's funny is I also went to stranger things, but totally different. Oh my gosh. Which one? <laughs> I I picked. Okay. So stick with me. <laughs> okay. So I'm looking at your notes I and I almost wait. said this too. I'm with Jamie you. Campbell Bauer, not oh. Vecna,
3: Jamie Campbell Bauer, <laughs> But like prettier. Here is why I couldn't pick him. I can't get past this on the Shadowhunters movie. Oh yeah, the hair. They yes, they use so much hairspray on his head. They, they made true? him so unattractive. <laughs> when they're in fight scenes, his hair doesn't fucking move. Again, I can't get past it.
0: Now Timothy and Jamie are listening. I know. <laughs> Jamie,
1: for the record,
3: for the record, Jamie, I think you're super hot, but don't let them hairspray yeah. your hair. See,
1: I didn't go to that. I went done. to like the sort of not the vec- again not the Vecna no, like or orderly look but like with <laughs> his longer hair with the hat like I don't know
3: he's yeah. just the he Vecna, be super sexy.
0: the Vecna sexy. look could be the Vemdor like monster oh, it's
3: true oh, that's true a, that's true all right Lara tell us who you fan cast as Gideon okay um it's actually with Gideon
2: it's if two characters had a baby okay <laughs> well two actors so if like Austin Butler
1: I almost picked and like
2: him. Me too. young Hayden Christensen
1: Okay. Oh. If they had like a baby, Mm-mm-mm-mm.
2: I think it would be Gideon.
1: All right. I think, yeah, I you, definitely, I think Gideon just got a lot hotter I know, right? Hayden Christensen. I definitely <laughs> almost picked
3: Austin Butler. Me too. But I don't find Austin Butler very attractive, so that's why I didn't pick yeah. him. Hayden yeah. Christensen now, though, like, he is a daddy. Like,
0: <laughs> we I'll all know you. you like those daddies. I, I've got issues. <laughs> just wait until my nerdiest thing at the end of the episode. Um, can we talk about Vemdor? Because I'm yeah. actually yeah. really excited. I Let me tell you, I did not have a lot of great feelings about Vimdor in the book, but I did pick an actor who I think is like super hot. Okay, I'm wondering if it's
3: the same person. I picked, I picked
0: Jacob Elordi.
3: Who's that? He is on oh.
0: Euf- Euphoria, and he, he plays like a 17-year-old, but he's like 27.
1: That's hilarious. I picked him for Malachi. Uh, I love him.
0: No, so but he,
3: that's that's not my Vimdor. But he's another like big, A lot of people fan cast him as Resand.
0: Oh yeah, I can see that too. Well, that's another that's another (laughs) podcast episode. But no, he he can go very dark. Like he plays kind of a dark character on Euphoria, um, but he also can be very charming and.
3: Okay, um, so I went the same way, dark but charming and charismatic. Mine is Tom Hiddleston via Loki. Ooh, Mm -hmm. that's a good one. I I I think we just got Lera all excited (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, okay.
1: (laughs) Who's your? I went totally different and i couldn't decide i thought either like a younger keanu reeves mm, or even good. a younger jake gyllenhaal
0: but then i thought ben barnes oh my gosh ben barnes would be such a good right he would be a good ben oh. i'm mad that i didn't think
3: of that <laughs> myself because that's so much well better. it's because he's the darkling and he'll always be the darkling now okay. yeah. but that's that same kind of character right? it is like, it is yeah. yeah all right lara sound off who's our vim Dor? All right, I'm going to give you
2: another couple making a baby. (laughs) (laughs) And and I'm saying this because this is what I give people that are making my character art. No, that's (laughs) awesome. Perfect, yeah. Yeah. Um, So Ian Sommerholder.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. With Adam Driver,
3: <laughs> so oh awesome. damn, they like, would have what, a pretty baby, he just wouldn't got they? Hotter in my head,
2: <laughs> right? Yep, like the Driver olive skin, really... the dark hair, mm. the chiseled jaw. Like,
0: let's go. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. <gasps> okay. I'm, I'm here for Does that. Does Vendor have really big hands, Lyra? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Is like I did not sign up for this show. No,
2: I I definitely did, and it's so funny because I was reading a book and they kept commenting on like the big hands, and I was like, "This is so
3: funny! I need to write about his big hands." <laughs> I think you should. I mean, you'll have Whitney excited. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> Whitney, who's your Valeria? Um, I actually went with Lily Rose Depp, Johnny Depp's daughter. <gasps> I looked at she her would too. Be a good one, yeah, because yeah. she
0: is. I mean, first of all, she's gorgeous, but she is young enough to be a young character, right? Mm -hmm. But also looks and is old enough to be a love interest to some of these older male actors that I picked.
3: (laughs) You know what I mean?
0: (laughs) Um, Because I was not going to pick an actual like eighteen-year-old to go up with Jacob alordi because that felt gross. Because I too am a grandma.
1: right? Like,
0: that just felt kind of, you know, weird. I feel like she can do dark too. Like I, she could equally be really sweet and funny, but also kind of do that dark, that dark side, I guess.
3: You know, it's funny because I pictured someone who really has fallen off the map. And I'm thinking of this person from like 15 years ago. But Lara describes her as having like a little button nose and a full mouth. And I thought Kate Bosworth.
1: Oh, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, like early 2000s. Yeah, for sure. I don't know what happened to her. I don't either. She she was really cute in the 2000s. 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of went with what you were saying, Whitney, where it's somebody who's got sort of a youthful look and can play that youthful, but is also very cunning and can throw off those dark vibes. And I went for actually I had two, but. Sabrina Carpenter was one, and but yeah, L, but L. Fanning is where I kind of yeah, ultimately Oh, she'd ended yeah. be a good one. Yeah. gosh, I love her that's on the Great. I know, She's right? So awesome and that's sort that of what one. I was thinking of when I yeah. saw like how Valeria could be sort of regal and sort of be this, but then yeah. be like super like conniving and like have that darkness in her.
3: Oh yeah, yeah but look all a sweet one. and sense. Yeah. Although I don't really picture Valeria as looking all sweet and innocent. I see, I either. do. Yeah. I think she can. Yeah. Yeah. She can she can I think her edits however
1: she needs to, you know. Yeah. I think she looks sweet, but then you meet her and she's like,
3: Oh, okay, bitch. Right. (laughs) Lara, what celebrities had a baby for Valeria?
2: (laughs) Okay. So for Val, it actually is just one actress that I pictured. And it's Madeline Klein. What is she on? Yeah, what is she in? She's in Outer Banks. And she oh, in, oh yeah um glass onion yeah I can oh, see that's that really great I can definitely yeah. see that okay yeah, I just think she's so beautiful and I'm like I have the biggest crush
3: on her honestly <laughs> <laughs> yeah I definitely see that yeah Whitney's I've forgotten about camera. her yeah. yeah she's super cute yeah. yeah I changed my answer to that chair <laughs> I like that a lot very nice Lara before we move on to Malachi can you tell us who you picture for him I picture someone very specific but
2: uh i pictured Avan Jogia. and what is he on um oh my gosh he was on like victorious on nickelodeon
3: <laughs> oh was he the like um was a dark-haired he... bad boy yes okay whitney's
1: looking at pictures i for see us. that i definitely see that he's the one that was like he kind of acted like he liked Tori. Her, Tori, but then he was actually with that other chick, Jade. Yeah, yeah, but oh, that yeah. He's so the, so that's not what he looks like. What I was thinking of, but yeah, he definitely. So Whitney pulled him up, and he's older now. But yeah, yeah, I definitely but like see with
2: him. the long hair, but like no facial hair. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah, he's he's sort of
3: sort of emo, but more like bad boy emo. Like so, it's, yes, yeah, it's more it's like funny that. Funny that you say that about the emo thing, and you know, all throughout the book, he's got this smirk, right? That mm-hmm. I really love, and so. I thought of Charles Mike- Michael Davis, who plays Marcel on The Originals. He's mm-hmm. an, an oh, African American yes. actor, and he—if you look on his IMDb, every picture is a smirk. <laughs> yeah, every single, and he's really pretty. The
0: only Marcel I know was the monkey from Friends. <laughs>
3: yeah. is, that, is that who you
0: pictured for Malachi? No, I actually didn't fan cast Malachi. You didn't? No. Oh. See, I picked Jacob Elordi. Who you oh, picked for? I picked for Vendor. Yeah.
3: Hmm. Did either of you fan cast Mitch, Mistress Marjorie? Because she did. looks I very specific to me I in didn't my even head. Think about her, who's yours, Whitney? I picture Lily Collins,
0: who might be oh. a little too young. But I was trying to think of a character who, you know, kind of immortal, right? But yeah. could be a love interest for the same love interest as
3: Val. You okay. know what I mean? Like the age, yeah. the age range. You know who I picked was Famke Jansen. Oh yeah, that's a good one because Wait, she, is she in? she's in X Men. She's the Phoenix. I don't know, and she, she plays she plays a witch in a lot of movies, which is also part of the reason I picked her. But she's beautiful and has this very unique beauty, and but also can be like a complete badass.
1: Oh okay, I see that.
3: Yeah, Lara, who's your who's your who's your Marjorie? Margie? I pictured beneath the hood
2: um, was uh, Cara D'Evangeline, but like when she Ooh. had like, I saw this picture of her on Pinterest where she had this like long white hair and I was like, shut up. What is this? And I was yeah. like, that's my Margie. Yeah. yeah. Is she,
3: so does she look younger or older since we don't really know what she looks like under the hood or is that a spoiler?
2: Um, She looks probably like mid twenties. Okay. Okay. I well, cause that. she sees,
0: uh, Val sees her in the painting. Right. True. And just doesn't yeah. know that that's who it is.
3: Yeah, but I didn't know if she aged at all or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. She's a witch, no, so You'll, she can you'll stop learn it. about that. <laughs> so she can stop the, the later, later books. Oh, oh okay. Just read. keep reading. <laughs> 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 so I feel like I've asked Lara a lot of questions, but do you all have any questions for her? Anything we want to ask about? I need a clarification
1: because okay. I... I've read this again twice, and I still am like confused about the timeline for the whole like Vemdor, Marjorie, Bastille thing that led to creating Gideon. So, mm-hmm. like that whole timeline of I've read it like f- five times over, and I'm I'm maybe I'm just like brain dead, but like where does that all so it starts? Can, can you talk me through that? <laughs>
2: yeah. So Vemdor betrays margie margie is mad big mad and then ward approaches margie and he's like hey will you help me create this realm because i can't do it wait ward or bastille yeah bastille okay yeah so bastille's like hey i can't do it i have holy magic and this takes dark magic and she's like you know i already have a realm i'll just give you half of it since i think you're sincere but i need you to help me And so they do this whole exchange where she's, like, helping him, and then he has to take Vemdor's heart. So for a while, she's keeping the heart hidden and everything. And Vemdor is obviously just getting more and more pissed off because he's like, dude, I want my heart back. I'm tired of looking like this. Like, everybody (laughs) thinks of me as Vemdor. My name is Kieran. Like, what's going on? (laughs) And (laughs) And so then Iris, Val's mom, becomes pregnant, and Bastille starts getting paranoid that shit is going to be hitting the fan that Vemdor is going to be seeking revenge against him and come after his family and he's like also like Val's going to be a demigoddess and the realm of the divine they do not fuck with demigods or demigoddesses um which is explored in book two okay and so he's like I need to keep her protected and Vendor's like all right look I'll keep her protected but you need to tell me where my heart is and he's like oh yeah sure I can get that back for you and then he goes to Margie, and Margie's like, I'm not giving it back, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <tight." laughs> And she's like, I will help you keep your kid safe. And he's like, Well, what he comes looking for the heart. And she's like, Well, we'll keep it safe this way. And so they wait until Val is born. And that's when the like the soul is split. And okay. they can reincarnate, or they can, I guess, incarnate um Gideon. Okay. And then so Gideon's probably like a a day or two younger than Val. <laughs> and uh, and then that's when Bastille's like, hey, man. He goes to Vemdor and he's like, hey, man, sorry, couldn't get your heart. But how about I betroth you to her? Um, and that way you can have my realm too. And Vemdor's like, oh, "All right, yeah, power, that's cool. And so that's when that happens. And then he, it's just, yeah. So Bastille's a little shady yeah Bastille is a little he's a
1: little <laughs> shifty like he, like he's painted a little bit like this like you know oh benevolent guy yeah he's like benevolent and everybody really loves him and they worship him but he's a little shady
3: can you yeah. tell us if the woman that he loved in the mortal realm and died was also Valeria's mom or was that someone else or can you say that was someone else okay, okay. will we find out who mayhaps okay <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, the only other question I have is a rhetorical question, because I'm sure it, it's spoilery. But my biggest question at the end of the book is what is up with Mason's dad?
2: Hmm. You know, because he just Alice Thomas himself. Oh yes. yeah, he, he, he,
0: go, just, he peaced, peaced out, out, didn't he? Yeah, and he yeah. peaced out and left his left his family, hmm. which seems very kind uncool. of shitty. Yeah. <laughs> seems kind of kind of Will we
3: see more great. of him. Yeah. Okay. In book two. Okay. and lara when when is do you have a publication book or date for book two
2: yeah so the funny thing about that was i was really hoping to release it in november and then life happened uh so i haven't even finished drafting it yet but i'm aiming for january 4th
3: okay okay perfect can't wait and will you be doing books like from your website can we get signed copies because you know i need one of those (laughs)
2: I am supposed to set up an Etsy store, but I'm just lazy.
3: (laughs) Aren't we all? Yeah, right. (laughs) I mean, like marketing and writing and, you know, doing the stuff like you're doing with us. It's a lot of work. And then adding Etsy on top of it. And I have an Etsy shop and Etsy buyers are just little shits. (laughs) (laughs) They really are the worst. Like they're so entitled. And so, you know, (laughs) but also thank you for your patronage. (laughs) I didn't say what my design company's called. Right. Also, if you've given me four stars because you didn't read the processing time, you can go ahead and fuck off. Like, <laughs> I have zero tolerance for adults that can't adult. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but well, if you need help with that, I can help you. <laughs> Well, let's talk about our nerdiest
1: things of the week, shall we? We shall. Mm. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay, go for it. So mine's super nerdy. So well, that's what we're here for. As we <laughs> all know, I work in a library, in an elementary school library. And so we we had all kinds of weirdness starting. At, uh, people that don't know that aren't in our town, we just had some weird bus issues. So like we started one day and then we were off for a week and then yeah. it was just crazy. But the teachers all had to go in, and there weren't any students there, so we sort of were like making up things to do. And the librarian that I work with had these stickers that were like genre stickers. So like, like you can stick the stickers on the spine, and it tells you whether it's a horror book or a fantasy book, or oh, that's
0: a great idea. or a science
1: fiction yeah. book or whatever. And we've had these for a little while, and we just I just hadn't had the time to go through. So I. Did you know, went through all our catalog and I like printed out all this? And so, basically, for a week, I sat there and like tagged books as a genre in the library, and it just made my little librarian so happy. I just, was, I know, like, I kind
3: of want to come see it, I know, it would have been super
1: fun that. and exciting. I'm, I'm not quite done, I still have to finish up the fantasy. Um. What but, fantasies last? Because there's so much of it. Oh, well, I did. I did the, the best s- for last. Yeah, I okay. saved the best for last and the the, the longest list for last. Yeah. But yeah, mm, I
3: love. That. But yeah, that That's was fun. my
1: nerdiest thing that I got super excited about. I genre love. tagging
0: books. Oh, I would have been really excited about that too. Well, I have two. So one is uh, we just had a local. Romance bookstore open up. They just had their grand opening, and I went today. It's called a novel romance, and it is super, super cute. And it was just, it's very, it's very cute. It's a really cool little space, and it's really nice to have, you know, a genre specific yeah, dedicated you know, for or dedicated yeah. thank you that's the the best word to say a dedicated space for these types of books and there were several people in there while i was in there shopping um so i'm hopeful that it's really successful so yeah, it was really great I hope so too. and then the other nerdy thing is i also find very embarrassing <laughs> but um on a whim based on one instagram post i read a book called take my daddy i'll take yours <laughs> You know, I have a lot of mixed feelings about it because I really, really liked it and I really liked the premise of the book, but it was like 100 pages and then it was done and I didn't realize that. And so... I, it, I enjoyed the book and it was some mutt. <laughs> it was just some muddy. But again, I really liked the premise and the idea, but it was kind of like, it was I over have, too soon. Well, but it was also kind of like, I have this idea for like the foundation and then yeah, I'm just going to be done writing it. She didn't flush you know it what out. I mean, yeah, right. like it could have, it had the potential. Are to you have sure it wasn't so a much, novella? I mean, it didn't say that it was, oh, but okay. you know, I, yeah. I, it is basically. I'm going to take your so, word for
3: it because I don't want to trade dads with anybody. <laughs> I mean,
0: it was, it is so embarrassing. I said, Robbie was like, what are you reading?
3: <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to tell you. <laughs> it's it's fourth wing. I promise. I didn't That's even fair. send
0: you a review for it because I was like, I'm not putting this on the main, <laughs> the
3: main Instagram account that do, I read. We this can with. do anonymous. I did. Well, review. I put it on my
0: Goodreads, but okay. you know, So anyway, that was really embarrassing that I read and enjoyed. So
3: (laughs) this week for me is I felt like I reached like top mom level 100 because we took the kids out to eat Mexican food the other night and we got into this whole discussion about Marvel movies <laughs> and my kids were able to like lay out the timeline in the right order and nice. tell me all kinds of shit about the movies that I did not know and I was like I'm so proud to be your mom <laughs> <laughs> I'm love i so happy to be raising little nerds. I can't even and Sadie's right. like well then in Ragnarok and and. And then when this happened and this happened, I was like, when did that happen? And I'm like, totally getting into it. And I'm like, I also don't have as much time to watch TV as you guys do. (laughs) Right, right. Now, the Marvel world
0: is deep. It's too much for me. Yeah, it's deep. So,
2: Lara, do you have a nerdiest thing of the week to share? Yeah, I guess. On Saturday, I went and I stood in line for like 35 minutes to get my husband and secretly myself <laughs> disney lorcana playing cards for this like trading card game for us to like play cards
3: <laughs> i love it where did <laughs> you That's get them awesome. where did you have to get them from
2: um it was like this small little game store like 10 minutes away from me and i was like getting there i got there 30 minutes early so i was like oh it's gonna be plenty of time. There's not gonna be a line or anything,
3: and there's just like all these other
2: nerds in front of me. I'm like, wow, I should have gotten here earlier.
3: <laughs> you <laughs> should have camped out the night before. Were people talking, or was everyone introverted?
2: Um, I was trying to talk to people. I was trying to talk to all the, like the girls in line because I'm a girls' girl, but they were just not about it. So oh, I just had man. to like keep oh, pretending
3: they're... to text people. They're oh, they're, loss. they're yeah, lost. They're lost. Right? They didn't know they were talking to a renowned author. like yeah. right? Those girls. <laughs> well Lara
0: thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us about this book that we really really enjoyed we're all excited to read book two and three and four
3: <laughs> and you're going to Imaginarium again next year right yep I'll okay. be there Yay. good deal can't wait we'll have to grab dinner oh my gosh I would love that
2: yeah yeah
0: no that good, would be for really sure. fun
3: and then we can be like what the fuck's up with Vamdor? <laughs> or we don't have to talk about your book at all if you need a break but, <laughs> yeah. you know We'll see if you want to get dinner after book two, okay?
0: oh no. <laughs> well,
1: I, I'm just saying, if you need arc readers, I well, volunteer yeah. as tribute. Yeah,
3: absolutely. <laughs> for oh, okay. Sure. Definitely.
0: <laughs> well, that is it for today's episode. Next week, we have a great interview with author Bridget Kemmerer. And then after that, we will be discussing the book That Time I Got Drunk and Saved a Demon by Kimberly
3: Lemming. <laughs> Can't <laughs> Can't wait. wait. <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.